Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God for our meditation this morning is recorded in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, December 21st, 2012, what does this day mean to you? A decade ago, we were told by the sensationalist media and the movie 2012 that it was the date set by the ancient Mayan calendar for the end of the world. Yet here we are. Many times over the centuries, people have tried to set a date for the end of the world. Many religious cults have made setting such a date one of their central features. Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, have repeatedly set the date for the end of the world, only to later revise the date. As much as we curious human beings would like to know the exact date and time of the end of the world and of Christ's return, our wise Heavenly Father does not reveal the times and dates. And anyone who says he knows the time contradicts Jesus' words. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son but only the Father. Jesus says that those who claim to know the date and time revealed themselves as false prophets. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. Not only that, Jesus has told us not to be concerned about the exact when of his return. Just before his ascension into heaven, Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. While Jesus has told us that the times and dates of his return are not for you to know, he does not leave us completely in the dark regarding his coming, and that is a blessing. By not knowing the timetable, we Christians are moved by a sense of urgency, a sense of constant readiness. In his love, the Father teaches us to be watchful and to be diligent in our calling from day to day. God tells us all we need to know about our Lord's return, about our readiness, and about our redemption. 
God tells us all we need to know about our Lord's return. Paul says right away about times and dates we do not need to write to you. In other words, playing a guessing game about the Lord's coming is foolishness. Why? For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. A thief does not announce when he is coming in advance, but comes rather unexpectedly, unnoticed, noiseless, under the cover of darkness. So will be the Lord's coming. No one can know when the last day is coming, but like lightning out of a clear blue sky, like a snare, it will come upon all who dwell upon the face of the whole earth. Christ's coming will be at a time when you do not expect him. When the end comes, it will be a time of disaster for many. It will catch them unprepared. They won't even be thinking about the Lord's coming because they don't even consider it a possibility. There are some who are living in false security. They feel comfortable in their daily routine. Everything seems to be fine. Everything seems to be stable, peace and safety. As Peter describes, they will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. God would not have us caught off guard. So he tells us of the watchfulness and preparedness that he desires to find in us. God tells us all we need to know about our readiness. As believers, we are not in the dark about Judgment Day. We know about Jesus and what he has done to save us. We know that he has promised to return on the last day to judge the living and the dead and to take all believers to heaven. So rather than dreading Judgment Day, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. We are on constant alert for Jesus' return. Our text warns us not to be caught napping and unprepared. When people go to bed at night, they are completely unaware of what is taking place in the world during the night. Likewise, an unbeliever is totally unprepared for and unaware of his impending ruin. He is spiritually sound asleep, just as a lazy lifestyle makes a body sluggish and physically out of shape. So being spiritually lazy can make our souls sluggish and asleep. Instead, we are to keep spiritually fit and strong in the faith through a regular spiritual exercise routine. We are to work out daily with the word of God, devotions, and prayer. Another picture Paul uses is that of a drunk. Sometimes people try to drink their problems away. Alcohol dulls their senses, and for a time, they are totally unconcerned about their problems. But like the country singer who sang, Tonight the bottle let me down. When they come to their senses, their problems are still there. In the spiritual realm, there are people who in the night of their unbelief have some inkling of the consequences of the Lord's coming. They know 
they have a spiritual problem, but their solution is to dull their conscience with some man-made religious brandy or with the wine of the world's pleasures. This does not solve their problem. It only allows them to become unconcerned about it for a little while. Rather than being unaware, like one who is asleep, Christ wants us to be constantly on the watch for his returning glory. And instead of being unconcerned, like one who is drunk, Christ wants us to await his coming in full possession of our senses. But how can we be spiritually on alert and self-controlled? When we examine ourselves, we find we're often spiritually weak and tired. Satan is constantly attacking our faith with all his might, trying to make us even more sluggish. It seems so easy for Satan to draw our attention elsewhere, completely away from Christ's return. We spend our time concerning, concentrating on the journey more than on the journey's goal. Life's problems and pleasures, trials and treasures, sorrows and joys consume our interests. How then can we keep from falling into the spiritual sleep of drunkenness? What ultimately gives us readiness for the Lord's coming is faith in Christ's redemptive work. Christ, God tells us all we need to know about our redemption. What determines where we will spend eternity is our belief or unbelief in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Jesus satisfied the demands of divine justice. He lived a life of perfect obedience to God's will. He died for us as a perfect payment of what the law demands on account of our sin. Jesus did this, Paul says, both for those who are awake and those who are asleep, for the living and the dead, believers and unbelievers. He died for all people. As John wrote, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. To reject Jesus' payment in unbelief is to place yourself under God's wrath. But whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God tells us everything we need to know about our Lord's return, about our readiness, and about our redemption. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just in as in fact you are doing. What a joy it is for us to gather here for worship and to encourage one another in our faith. Together we hear the message of Christ our Savior. Together we join in singing the words of the liturgy and hymns. And we pray for each other. We have such a glorious comfort to share. We share in the hope of our Lord's coming when he will graciously take us from this world of sorrow to himself in heaven. Amen.